Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my special guest, backed by popular demand, to talk about the new Erla, the one, the only, Waterstone Mortgage's Mike Smalley. Smalls, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Popular demand, my wife must have called you and said, hey, you got to have Mike back on the show. Uh, She did. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever works. No, popular demand, because I begged you to come do this show. Um, Look, this is episode 99. We have 99 episodes and Erla is one. The new Erla. Look, we could have found anyone who has a training background, whether they, they work for a mortgage company in the training department, whether they work for a mortgage insurance company. Uh, as a trainer to teach loan officers and mortgage professionals about the new Erla, but that wouldn't suffice in my opinion. So anyone tuning into this episode, this is a very important episode. It's not going to be the most entertaining, but it's going to be the most functional. I brought in Mike Smalley to give you an idea of, of who Mike is as an originator. Last year closed over 350 units for almost 95 million. He's a producing regional manager. His flagship branch did over 500 million. His region did over 800 million. Okay, this guy closes more loans per month than most LOs produce in a year. He has been utilizing the new Erla since February 1st. So here we are, February 16th. So Mike, me running some numbers really quick. That means in the past two weeks, you have pre-approved more borrowers than most LOs pre-approved in a month, if not a quarter. Probably. And you're utilizing the, the new Erla. Yeah, and we're we're we've utilized it. We've sent out loan apps. We've got loans under contract. Nothing's closed with the new early yet. Probably first closing with it will be end of this month, first part of March. Uh, if you were to take a guess, how many borrowers have you and your team reached out to and helped over the past two weeks uh, utilizing the new early? How many files have you had your hands in into? Well, we've probably started close to 50 new ones. The new ones are actually pretty easy because it's just brand new data. It's the existing ones that were pre-approvals prior to February 1st that actually were a little more challenging because it was an old 1003 that got switched to Erla, so senior data didn't transfer over. So there's probably 50 of those, so probably 100 people total. Okay, so you've you've had 100 at-bats, 50 brand new people, 50 people that you maybe pre-approved in Q4 of last year, but now you have to jump back in the file and make some changes, yeah. et cetera. Yep. And the loan origination software that you utilize is? We're on Encompass, LMA's okay. Encompass. Yep, LMA's Encompass, which 50% of the mortgage industry utilizes Encompass. Yep. Um, and I think it's important for people to know that because some of the issues that you and your team have run up against may be LMA um, uh, related. They could be new Erla related, um, but just because it's an, ep- uh, an issue with, with Encompass, it could be an episode, uh, an episode. It could be a issue with Byte as well. So kind of here's what I'm hoping that we can do for the audience because I want this to be extremely granular and I want to I want to be able to bring your valuable insights to them because some of these folks, they haven't rolled out the new Erla. Maybe they rolled it out yesterday or maybe they're not rolling it out until March 1. Um, so I want to talk about maybe the problems that, that you um, experienced, the solutions you, um, you, you came up with. Uh, let's talk about possibly what you like about the new Erla, what you don't like the, about the new Erla, and let's go ahead and round out the episode just talking about mindset because you know part of your day-to-day interaction, for those that don't know, you have 45 loan officers that you manage and coach on the weekly. So I've heard you, I've been on calls with you where you have talked to them about the mindset is as much... Yeah. Um, keep, you know, keep them from jumping off the cliff. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. So let's go ahead and 
problems. What are some of the problems that you've experienced with the new Erla? So the biggest, I would say, legitimate problem early on was just data transfer. So we had an old 1003 and we had a new application Erla. And some of the data, and I don't know if this was a our company issue or an Encompass issue, or it's probably all of the above, right? Okay. Um, but we had some data that didn't transfer when that change happened. Um, some things were missing, like where'd my employment go? Where'd my income go? Where'd my current property address, like where I live now, go? Um, and that, so my first day, February first, was not my favorite day in the mortgage business. Um, Honestly, it wasn't as bad because we kind of anticipated, you know, being having some challenges going into it. But so the biggest issue day one was just figuring out, okay, what didn't transfer, right? And so we immediately then got on with our IT team and said, hey, here's the three things that we're seeing aren't transferring over. And it was your current home address. For some reason, that wasn't transferring over. And it was your monthly income, uh, which we know we had put in the 1003 in the old system, but for whatever reason, it disappeared. But for some reason in LMA and Encompass, I could see my debt to income ratio. So I knew income was somewhere. It just wasn't on that field. Okay. So, um, you know, like any company who's going through this, I th- I'm kind of glad we went through it March 1st and we did it early because we knew that there would be challenges like this and we wanted to do it in February versus March, figuring that February is not as busy as March traditionally. Um, although, you know, February this year kind of feels like June. Yes. You know, it's so busy. Um but I'm glad we went through it, and just like most companies will probably do, you know, we roundtabled amongst ourselves, our office, other branches, other regions, and I think collectively figured out, you know, what data wasn't transferring. We could get that to our IT team, and by 5 o'clock that day, day one, which was February 1st, we knew what fields weren't transferring. IT team, huge kudos to them, stayed after hours that night, figured out some algorithms or, you know, buttons to click or, you know, things to reroute and remap. And by the next morning, the data was there for all loans, I think, that went back to January 1st. And then over the last couple of weeks, uh, they've kind of started pushing back. So the data initially didn't transfer over in some spots. Most of that's been fixed now, which was probably more just an IT function that we had to iron out some kinks. Yeah, no, I like um, the big takeaways from what you just explained was, A, you masterminded with other professionals within your organization, and B, you had a direct line of communication with your IT department. So as a super user, you could figure out where the glitches were, push that to them in hopes that they would stay late and work on getting some of that data transfer issues corrected. Yeah, and I think the key for us is like, don't don't freak out. You know, when you go through a change like that and there's massive amounts of data going from one software to another, it's never going to flow perfectly. There's going to be glitches, but if the data was there before, the data can get into the new system. You just might have to map it differently. You might have to take another route. You right? mentioned the income was missing. Where did the income go? Um, we're not really sure where it went. I think it was more of a mapping issue. But so one of our loan officers um, figured out that there's a, a, a field in Encompass called the USDA management tab. Okay. Like USDA, like the USDA like loan. The US, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So if we're doing an FHA loan, there's FHA forms. You know, I didn't, I don't know, three USDA loans last year, maybe maybe one. I don't know. Not many at all. Yeah. Right? And in, in Orlando, where we are, there's just very few areas that qualify. But for some reason, someone was clicking around in Encompass, you know, kind of through the process of all of us kind of masterminding, like, hey, you know, where'd it go? And they found that if you go to the USDA management tab, and again, this is for any loan. So a conventional loan, click on the USDA tab. I know it's counterintuitive. And on page two or three of the USDA management tab, it looks like the old 1003. We found the income there. So okay. Some of our loan officers then, 
you know, we're all multiple screen monitors. They opened up Encompass on one screen and Encompass on the other, and they just copy and pasted into the income section of the Erla. So that ah, was so that, that was a good hack for correct. any Encompass user. If you find there's data missing and you want to find the old 1003, there should right. be a tab within your Encompass that is called the U USDA. USDA management. USDA management. Yeah. Okay. Which is a form that I probably clicked on twice last year. Yeah. Because I think I did, you know, maybe two USDA loans. So you, you would never go to that page unless you're doing a USDA loan. But so we went to our IT team and said, let's rearrange the order of the forms so that USDA form shows up near the top of the list. Just so when I'm going through my URL page one, two, three, and four, the USDA is right there. So if something's missing, I can just pop down to the USDA and kind of copy and paste into the right spot in the URL. And and this is just for my own reference and clarification. This is more for the files that you had created prior to February 1st. And now that Feb 1 rolled out and, and Waterstone yep. Mortgage made the decision to roll out the new URL of Feb 1, then, right. then now you're you're having these issues. Yeah, that, yeah. this USDA hack wouldn't be anything you have to worry about for files that were created after February 1st. It would be pre-February 1st. And for us, it was really only, only an issue for the first 24 hours, 48 hours, until we figured out how to fix the mapping so those income fields or other fields that disappeared from the 1003, we could remap it so then it showed up in the early. Yeah, and, and uh, for those listening, we say Feb 1 because that's when Waterstone Mortgage, our mortgage company that we work for, rolled it out. For you, it could be Feb 15, it could be March 1. That these are some things that if you haven't rolled out the new early, you very well could have these same mapping issues. Hence the reason why right. we made this show a priority and we wanted to get it out this week. Right. Okay. Um, what else? I've heard some scuttlebutt around the office talking to our loan officers um, here out of our flagship branch having issues with AUS. Well, AU, let me, sir, there's one other okay. one. So data transfers one, and then there's just new fields. So okay. there are certain things that couldn't transfer over. So I call them the yeses and no questions. The declarations on page three, have you had a bankruptcy, foreclosure, things like that. Those questions are different on the new URLA than they were in the 1003. So there's no way for all of those fields to transfer over because it's different questions. I actually like the new questions better. I think a few of them clarify things a little bit better where clients might answer it correctly versus us having to like, tell them, no, you meant to say yes because of, you know, here's why. Um, so there's new fields. You know, I, we had a couple loan officers that were frustrated, like, hey, where do I go to find the total amount of their assets? So in the old 1003, you go to page two, and it would show between their mortgage, their credit cards, their card loans, their student loans, they have $300,000 of debt. And the monthly payment on all those is $2,000 a month. And so lots of loan officers, when they're qualifying someone, like to manually calculate the monthly debt payments to make sure the DTI is mm -hmm. right at the top of Encompass or wherever you know yep. your loan origination software is. Best practice. Um, so in the URLA, where the liabilities are, there's no total. So it's like, well, where do I go to find the total? I'm, I'm used to using that as kind of my daily routine. That's on, and I'm assuming other companies have something similar if you're using Encompass, but for us, that's called the borrower summary dash origination or the BSO. Mm -hmm. So the BSO at the very bottom, it totals your liabilities, not only the balance, but the payment. It totals your assets, you know, what the balances of the available assets. It totals your monthly income. So it just finding fields in, in, in different spots. The, the information is all there. It's just sometimes you have to look somewhere else to find it. Yeah, so I'm an Encompass user, and I was so used to, for the past decade, going to page two of the 1003. You're saying, eh, maybe I need to go to the bottom of the BSO screen uh, because that's where that data is going to be. Yeah, we're trying – like, you know, we're in a big refi market, and we still kind of are. So on page two, 
most loan officers like to look at the current housing payment and their proposed housing payment, and that's how you figure out how much money the client's saving. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not on page two or page three or whatever of the ERLA. The only way to find that is if you go to the BSO under their current housing payment, there's a little pencil, you click that button, it opens up, opens up a window, and then it looks like the old 1003. And then you can see current versus proposed. And so just finding the same information, but it's in a different spot. Okay. It's like, you know, you ever read, read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Yes. Right? Like there was a lot of cheese <laughs> moved with Erla. You know, the cheese, I think some of the cheese tastes a little better, you know, with Erla. Like I think, you know, some of the things are better than the old. It's not like old moldy nasty cheese. It's, you know, not bad. Um, it's just different. Yeah, no, it's um, it, what's interesting about it in, in experiencing it firsthand here at the at the branch level and even at the at the at, you know from coast to coast within the Waterston organization and being on various calls, you used to be able to turn to someone because they were the subject matter expert. Well, now it's a bit of the blind leading the blind, which is a good and bad thing. It allows a younger originator, a younger mortgage professional in their career, all of a sudden to be elevated to subject matter expert level. Um, and it's going to force uh, some unity amongst everyone who's sharing best practices. So it's a little frustrating, but at the same time, there are some benefits to it. Well, so one of our one of our younger loan officers, um, Casey, was one of the first to do a bond loan. Okay, and, and that's just a whole another you know set of problems and questions and what box do I check and things like that. And so jokingly, I was like, okay, Casey, you know, you can do the first couple of bond loans and then you can teach me once you figure it out <laughs> because none of us had had. Um, I think our branch, and we have another big region in New Mexico, each of us have, you know, 40 to 55 loan officers. We came through it better than some branches that are smaller because here in Florida, we have 45 loan officers that are kind of sharing experiences and jumping on quick Zoom calls and impromptu, you know, small group huddles where we can talk about what we found, what we're learning, you know, what, what are the hacks to fix issues the individual one person loan officer team, it's harder for them because they don't have the resources or the group to go to. So a company rolling this out, my advice would be, you know, do a good job of sharing whatever you find with everybody, mm -hmm. you know, not just office by office. And as a company, we've started doing that. I'm actually going to be in a call here like in an hour and a half with our whole company kind of sharing like the same things I'm talking about on this call today. Can you share with us a little bit the issues you had with AUS? Because I, I, I knew there was, I mean, from, again, the scuttlebutt around the office was you try to structure a deal, you run it through either DU or LPA, and all of a sudden you got, was it a referral you were getting or an error? Yeah, so I think the data transfer that we talked about is one issue. That's just IT, that's a fix, just be patient. The fields being in different spots is just patients getting used to it. The AUS error is really an issue um, because the other stuff is just getting used to something or fixing something. Um, AUS was just challenges that, you know, a lot of times we couldn't figure out. So um, some examples would be in Florida, we have a lot of single family homes that are in a neighborhood with the homeowners association, yep. like your neighborhood. Yes. Right? And so we call those PUDs. And so in, in, in the old 1003 format, we would click on PUD as the property type, we would put in the monthly HOA fees on page two, run it through D or LP, no big deal. In the new Erla, I think it's on the Erla lender is the page it's on. Okay. And there's like three or four different drop down boxes, detached, attached, single family condo. Is it in a project? Is it not in a project? And it was almost like just trial and error. What buttons do I click to get it to run through? Um, so running a file through with the property type was a challenge, like condos, anything with the homeowners association. We had to kind of trial and error to figure out, okay, what boxes do I have to click to make it go through? Um, 
So that was a challenge. There were some some weird errors we saw with with refis. So Fannie Mae, if you do a rate and term refi, Fannie Mae actually calls that a limited cash out refi. Yes. So there's a drop down for no cash out, limited cash out, or cash out. If I run it through DU, I need to click on limited cash out, not no cash out, to get it to get it to go through. But LP, I need to run it through as a no cash out. If I run it through as a limited cash out, it's still probably going to go through LP and I might get an accept, but LP is reading that as a cash out refi. Oh, wow. Therefore, I might not get an appraisal waiver. Okay. So if I'm running my refis through DU and LP to see where I get an appraisal waiver, I have to run it through DU as a limited cash out refi. I have to run it through LP as a no cash out refi because I have a better chance of getting an appraisal waiver. What was your solution with trying to figure out the the errors in terms of AUS reading or not reading the information on the new Erla? Yeah, so something we figured out pretty early on, and it, it was actually just kind of by accident, um, like clicking in the wrong spot on our computer screen. But when you got an error in D or LP, it, it would say the error. You could click on that or hover over it, and it'll tell you specifically what the errors are. Okay. Um, and some of those, you know, looked like it was, you know, a computer code written language because it was hard to understand what exactly does this mean, like error code, whatever. But ultimately, we pretty much figured out what all the errors were. So you know, we're two weeks in, I mean, you know, we have 50, 50 loan officers in Florida. We've probably, I would imagine pre-approved probably 500 people in the last two weeks. And, you know, I'm not really hearing issues anymore of getting things through AUS because we've kind of trialed a narrative for the first, really took us about a week to kind of figure out how to work through all those AUS errors. Yeah. I think the big takeaway is look, if you're rolling this out this week, next week, or, or next month, just understand that anticipate having these errors. And if it is an AUS error, AUS will tell you, especially if you hover over it, what the error is, what the error is so yeah. you can go back and, and make the correction and rerun. And then, and then if that happens to you, then sh if you're a manager, share it with your loan officers. If you're a loan officer, share it with your managers and then get the word spread out around your branch, your region, your company, you know, however big you are, um, because that'll, that'll kind of speed up the learning curve. Yep. Uh, and shameless plug, if you don't work for a region or a branch that shares information openly, you should probably look for one that, uh, that does uh, stuff like what you're talking about, the trainings, the calls, the impromptu huddles. Um, and, and, you know, so, you know, if you don't have a Ben Davis like we do, who's our manager of the Orlando region and basically figures all these things out and shares it with the rest of us so it's easy for all of yeah. us. If you don't have a bin, then, you know, you're, you're missing out because yeah. everybody needs a bin. Everyone needs a bin. Shout out to Ben Davis. We actually had been on the show, this was months ago now, when COVID was at its peak and self-employed income was um, trickier than ever because of all yep. the new self-employed guidelines. And it was like pulling teeth to get him to come on camera, but I was able to get Ben to come in and his episode – for those of us that are loan geeks, yeah, knocked it out of the park. I watched it; it was a good episode. Good episode. Yeah, I think you yeah. even went back and told me you rewatched it yeah. over the weekend, yeah. like a few months ago, when you were trying to prequal. A well, it was I had it saved in my in my email, like an I have like a you know to do later email mm -hmm. folder, and so I kind of dropped it in that folder just as something I wanted to go back and, and re review. Um, but no, I think you know don't let it get, don't let yourself get stuck either. So we had a loan officer that said, "Well, I, I can't send these disclosures to this client because I can't get AUS to run." Well, it's an 800 credit score, 20% down with like a 22 debt to income ratio. The loan's going to get approved through D or LP. Get the disclosures out. Don't stress. Don't spend all day on it. You know, just move on to the next file. Keep note of that one that you had an AUS error. 
and you know run to you tomorrow like don't I, don't spend six hours you know banging your head against the wall trying to figure out one error so so two takeaways from that story just one there are listeners right now who are perplexed that AUS was being run before disclosures but I think it's a, it's a testament to the quality of loan officers that you hire and train because all of your LOs know a best practice a way of right. being successful is no you run AUS on everything before you disclose it. Uh, but I know there's some companies, I have friends that work at some companies where either they're not allowed to or they're just not trained to. Um, so let, let's talk about this and then we'll get into mindset. Uh, what do you like? What do you not like? And I think you've maybe hinted on some of the things that you do like, but I'm just curious, your own take, what do you like about the new Erla? And is, is there anything you don't like about the new Erla? Um, I, I'll start with don't like first. So I do feel like <clears throat> there's a little bit of going to page one and then back to the BSO, going to page three and then back to the BSO. Um, we try to do as much on the BSO again, which is the borrower summary origination. If you're an Encompass user, we try to do as much on that page as possible. Um, you know, their name, address, social, their current payment, their proposed payment, everything totals at the bottom income and assets. So we try to do as much there. There's a little bit of back and forth where I go to page three to put the income in, then I go back to the BSO to see the total. Okay. Where before, I would have put the income on page two of the old 1003, and the total would have, would have been right there in front of me. The, the new Erla doesn't do that. So you're a little bit kind of bouncing page to page. Um, you know, the things I like, um, so on the asset section, so in, in the old um, 1003, at least with Encompass, you had to click on a, a window and then open up your total assets. And then you could see the itemized list of checking, savings, money, market, retirement, whatever. And the new Erla, there's room for four, I think it's five, um, various types of assets on a list that you can see in your screen without opening up a window. And then you can see the total below that. And so, you know, we've always tried to figure out what are some ideas that this new software allows us to do. So a challenge for, I think, any any loan officer is you pre-qualify someone, they tell you that they have, let's say, $25,000 in Bank of America. Okay. Well, you don't have the statement to really verify that, so you're not really sure that they do, or is it a gift, or are there large deposits, or other things that could be issues. So one thing my team started to do, and I think around the office we've shared this, is for the account number, in the old system, I couldn't see the account number until I opened a window up, which we're not going into that and opening a window up very often. In the new system, it's on the top of page three of the URLA, the name, the account number, you know, what bank it's with and the amount. We've started typing the word missing as the account number. Okay. So account number is missing, not, you know, two, three, eight, seven, six or whatever, but missing. And then when with my team, which I have a big team, I have loan partners and processors and and really, every loan officer has a team, even if it's just a processor. Yes. There's, you know, there's more than one person that touches every file. So we've started putting the word missing in there, which is code words to us that we've been told they have that, but we don't have the bank statement. Okay. So as we're pre-qualifying someone or a client calls us to run payment estimates or ask, you know, can I increase my price? When we're back in that in that customer's loan application in Encompass and we go into the Erla and we go to page three, we see missing. That's just a constant reminder that we need their bank statements. So I like that. Just that's kind of an idea that's that's helped us. Yeah. Um, I like the declarations. I think some of the questions are a little bit easier. Like the old ten to three said, "Are you party to a lawsuit?" And I think oh, the new Erla. Yeah. <laughs> it's like decades of having to answer that. Well, uh, I don't know if I am or not. Right. And and we'd have to. You know, you're not supposed to coach people on the loan application. Yeah. You'd have to kind of coach them through how to answer that question. So the new Erla says something along on the lines of, are you a party to a lawsuit in, in which you could have some type of personal liability? So if I got hit 
and I'm suing someone, then I know the answer is no because I'm not going to have personal liability. The other guy is. Yes. But in the past, I might have people answer that question as yes because they are part of a lawsuit. Yeah, I used to joke with people, and uh, this is one of the nation's largest attorneys, and he is super fun to follow on social media, John Morgan. Um, But uh, I used to tell people, if you called Morgan and Morgan, then the answer is no. But if someone else called Morgan and Morgan, then the answer is yes. Depends on, yeah, is there is there any personal liability? And you're saying the new Erla actually spells that out a lot better than the old 1003. That's something yeah, you like. Yeah, it's a little more clear. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like on, on the um, in Encompass, there's a form, the 2015 itemization, which is basically where the fees go that pulls into your loan estimate. So the old itemization never showed how much your total cash to close was your monthly payment. You'd have to jump back to other pages. The new one at the very bottom shows cash to close and the monthly payment. So... You know, it's, again, it's just different forms, but there's some things that I think are better. So I think the most important thing, and we saved the best for last, and that is mindset, because you know, of those that are listening, only 50% of the people statistically are going to be on Encompass. And then the question is, well, what version of Encompass do they have? Because Waterstone may have this version, and Caliber Home Loans may have that that, that version. Uh, and then the other 50% are on something different, like Byte uh, or um, Calix. Calix. Yeah. yeah. So mindset. If you're if you're giving advice, you're coaching a group of thousands of loan officers or mortgage professionals because we have some processors as well that tune in, loan partners, loan officer assistants, etc. What could you share with them based on your most recent 2 weeks of experience of being a very successful top producing originator inside of the new Erla? Um what, what are some words of wisdom you can pass along to the group? Well, I think, you know, for us, I mean, you know, at 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 our company, um we've always kind of viewed change as an opportunity, um, whether that was with, you know, uh, the new LE and, you know, with TRID back in 20, I guess what it was 13 or something loan officer comp. And there's been infinite changes the last 15 years. And, you know, the changes kind of are what they are. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you can't say, I don't like Earl. I'm going to use the 1003. It's like, no, that's not an option. You know, it's here to stay just like, if you like to HUD, well, sorry, there's no more closings done with HUDs. Yeah. You know, it's done with a CD. So I don't, you know, it doesn't matter if we like it or not. So I've always kind of thought embrace the change, be the first and fastest to figure it out, be the early implementer, which is one of the reasons why we went in March to get ahead of schedule. Um, because we all know that our competitors and other companies that, you know, maybe listeners' competitors are probably going to spend 30, 60, 90 days complaining about how bad it is, not prospecting, not growing their business not servicing their customers. So I think a lot of it is just, you know, look at change as an opportunity to learn the, the new systems fastest and get a leg up on your on your competitors. Um, and then anytime there's change, you know, there's, there's probably some good things that come with it. So, you know, the analogy I've shared around the office a lot is we've probably changed credit vendors two or three times in the last, you know, 15 years since we've been at, been at Waterstone. And I know my 30 life cycle of a credit report changes for the first week, I absolutely hate it. Like yeah. it is the worst thing ever, right? Like, yeah, oh, it's wh- terrible. Where, terrible. Where, where is this and that? And like, you know, how can I tell what's late? And you know, I hate it. And I want to complain. It's worse than when, when when iPhone does an iOS update because that's th- that's right up there with a new credit report yeah. is is a new iOS update that I have yeah. no idea where things are anymore on my phone. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah. So credit reports are terrible. And sometimes the iOS updates kind of sneak in at night, yeah. like at three in the morning. <laughs> you know, like you wake up the next morning, it's like, oh my god, like how do I find stuff? There are plenty of mortgage yeah. professionals that this new Erla is going to be yeah. like that iOS update. Yeah. They're going to roll into to yeah. the office like, whoa, whoa, what is this? Now, if you want to stop the iOS update, just don't plug your phone in at night. Okay. Right? You know, just or you know, so. 
but uh, unfortunately, there's no stopping this, right? It's no. going to happen. So, um, but you know, so jokingly, the credit report. You know, when we change vendors, I hate it the first week, and then weeks two and three, I don't hate it. I still don't like it though. Like it's not my friend. You know, I'm not a fan, but I'm not as angry. And by week four, I'm like, okay, I'm getting used to it. By week five, it's like, okay, hey, this is kind of cool. I, you know, I like the format. And by week six, each time we've changed, I actually really like it. Like our new credit report now, um, it has a section for current accounts with balances. Then it has a section for um, disputed accounts. Oh, yeah, you're talking about our, our new credit our, report yeah, that, that you hated for the first month that it rolled out. Despised it. Yeah. Hated it. Like, you know, wanted to, like, complain and fire off nasty emails all night long to whoever made the terrible decision to change. Yeah. But now it's like I got my current accounts, I have my derogatory accounts, I have my disputed accounts, and then I have the old stuff. And it's all – and now that I'm used to that format, I absolutely love – our credit vendor and how the format reads in the credit report and any information I need, I can get it really fast. But it took me a few weeks to figure out where everything is. And then a few more weeks to say, man, I really like this change. And so I think Erla, I'm at that point now where it's like, I don't hate it. I don't even dislike it. I'm getting used to it. I'm figuring out where things are. And now I'm kind of rounding the curve of, Hey, I'm actually figuring out there's things that I like better than the old system. But I think a lot of that is your mindset. If you just spend three weeks complaining about how terrible it is, well, then, you know, good luck actually, you know, getting over your anger and getting stuff done. You know, like this morning before at 11 o'clock, I disclosed three loan apps. Um, ben, the other yesterday came to my office. He was, you know, we were all pumped up because he timestamped from the point a client applied online and he had downloaded the app till he got the disclosures out. It took 45 minutes. Wow. So 45 minutes to run credit, get it structured, put a property address in. There's a whole format of how we hand off the file to the processor where we tell the story of, you know, how we calculated income and assets. And that's as fast or faster than he could have done it. Yeah, I was going to say, because if, if this was three weeks ago, I mean, Ben is that good. Uh, but Ben could have done it in 45 days, but last in 45 minutes. Right. But in last week, it would have taken probably an hour and a half. Right. Um, no, I remember it was Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy works for Waterstone Mortgage. Mike and I know Kevin. He's a top producer here. And we were probably in day four, and he put it in the best perspective. He said, you know what, Dio? In 60 days, I'm going to be great. Mm -hmm. In 60 days, I'm going to be great. He's like, I just have to get through the next 60 days. I have to get out there and close 20 loans. It's a race to closing 20. Now, it's going to be interesting because not even you have been able to experience this. Um, you haven't had a file yet be fully processed, underwritten, and closed yet with the new Erla. So our underwriting friends, they may have a little bit of a rude awakening coming to them. Hopefully, we can um, help numb some of that pain just by sharing our best practices. Yeah, I think the processing errors, we've talked about that with our processors, I think will be more AUS issues. And so hopefully loan officers and, and the upfront people have kind of figured out what some of those errors are. But I'm sure processors are still going to get an error in an AUS and, you know, have to go to someone or, you know, figure out how to fix it. And underwriting will probably have the same thing, you know. Um, like we've talked with underwriting about um, they like certain fields in certain spots that they, we might have to change where we put certain things. Like how we break down self-employed income, for example. Underwriting might have to change how they tell us to break it down and what fields to put it in where it worked in the old 1003, but in the Erla, it may have to change and go back to being done a little bit differently. And you know what's even interesting? As I was sitting here listening to you uh, talk, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, not only have we not closed or underwritten a loan and funded a loan, 
we haven't shipped it off to the investor yet. Mm-hmm. We still have to wait. What's what are Fannie and Freddie going to say? Or what if you ship loans off to aggregators like like Penny Mac or or Mr. Cooper? What are they going to say after they purchase the loan? Are they going to like the field we used right. and the workaround? And it's look, it's a work in progress. But I think you hit the nail on the head. We said a mindset that we didn't get to choose this. It was chosen for us. Mm-hmm. But we can choose the manner at which we choose to attack it. Um, is do you do it with a positive mindset? Do you circle the wagons? Are you a leader within your organization? Do you do you, um, do the the impromptu huddles or Zoom calls, or do you just um, th- throw your calculator against the wall, slam down your headset, fold your arms, and pout? Yeah, well, I've I have wanted to slam my headset down <laughs> in the past, in you know my mortgage career. And I maybe even been guilty of doing that once or twice. And anytime I've ever done that or something similar, I'm pretty sure it's never fixed anything. No. Like throwing throwing a temper tantrum has never worked. Even and it really doesn't even work for my kids. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Just I would say embrace change, you know, and take a mindset of while your competitors are hopefully, you know, like I hope every one of my competitors is slamming their headset and throwing their calculator all week next week. Because the more they do that, that gives us a competitive advantage. And so I think for all of us, whether that's our team at Waterstone or our listeners, um, you know, take that mindset, you know, take the mindset of it is what it is. Embrace the change, you know, know that there's going to be good things that come with it and the challenges you can get through. And if you have that mindset, then the, the transition really isn't that bad. I mean, we're, we're two weeks in and and it's almost like, you know, we're kind of back on the old 10 of three. It's comfortable again. That is awesome. Um, any last minute? parting advice to the listeners, the viewers who are tuning in as it pertains to the new Erla in general? No, just, you know, share, share with your teams. Yeah. You know, have, have good uh, dialogue between your offices and your teams and, and you'll implement it, you know, pretty fast and efficiently. Awesome. If you're tuning in for the first time, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We're all over YouTube. YouTube is going to be a fantastic way for you to leave comments. You can even ask questions. I will do my best to walk down to Mike's office if Mike's going to be the subject matter expert uh, to get that question answered for you. Uh, We really enjoy the YouTube comments. It's the Loan Officer Podcast on YouTube, on Spotify. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. He's Mike Smalley. I'm Dustin Owen. You have been tuned in to episode 99 of the Loan Officer Podcast. We have 99 episodes and Erla is one. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck out there. Happy hunting. Happy selling. Stay safe. Deuces.